Hey folks, thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us get as seen by as many eyeballs as possible. You can also directly support Sex Talk as a super fan on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash sextalk with Erica Miley. And for just the cost of a cup of coffee, y'all, you should know I love my coffee. (laughs) You help Sex Talk with editing, hosting, and getting the word out to others just like you. Help to spread curiosity about sex and keep the knowledge bombs dropping to everybody that has or wants to have sex. And a big thank you to those of you who've already become super fans. You're rock stars, and I so appreciate you. That's patreon.com slash sex talk with Erica Miley. All right, let's get into the episode. Sex talk with Erica Miley. Cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sex just isn't good enough. No, sex talk with Erica Miley. Hey folks, welcome to Sex Talk with Erica Miley. Erica Miley here. It's been a minute. I have we've been on hiatus, and this is the season introduction of Sex Talk with Erica Miley. And I so I brought somebody back to y'all because I like to do that. Because when I like to talk to someone, y'all just have to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> I brought you back, Shauna Potter, front person from War on Women, author of Making Spaces Safer, which I fucked up the first time that we were together. And That's I, okay. And Happy I tried to, be to here. fuck it up again. I still came back, if you can believe it. I know. <laughs> Thank you. So I really have wanted to do it this episode for a long time. And I wanted to find the right person to do it with because I've been a musician since I was a little kid. And every drug movie, every rock and roll movie, they talk about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's like a theme or a myth or a, I don't know, something in the ether of American culture, mm-hmm. probably in culture across the world when it comes to rock and roll. And I just just like, I really need to do this episode that just kind of explores this idea of these three things Mm -hmm. being in existence together. Okay. I mean, we have the entire existence of like, how many podcasts are there about the 27 club? People dying (laughs) at the age of 27 because of like drug overdoses or suicide or what have you, right? So I want to talk about what it's like to be a musician that tours and, and what you think the role of sex and drugs play in being creative. Yeah. It's interesting because, and I don't know if this is because I'm a woman or what, Mm. but becoming a musician, wanting to tour, wanting to perform. For me, it never came from a place of wanting to impress another Mm. gender, (laughs) of -hmm. wanting to get laid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, I think that for a lot of men, I don't know what came first, chicken or the egg kind of thing. Right. For a lot of men, (laughs) I mean, there are people close to me that I know, they picked up a guitar (laughs) because they wanted to impress some other 13 year old. Yes. And I just, that wasn't part of my journey to music. I didn't care about, I kind of knew I wasn't going to necessarily get any action from men because I was in a band or I just didn't, it wasn't on my mind. I didn't think, I didn't care. It's something I wanted to do. And so I think there is a pull for a lot of people that like having that extra thing about them. Oh, I play music. That's just an extra thing that they can use to <laughs> get laid. And, you know, to be fair, we all need something, right? We, right? we all need a little something special, a little edge, a little, this is what makes me unique. And there's only so many things that can make everyone unique. Like we're not actually unique or special. 
right? But <laughs> but from the person standing next to us, maybe it is. <laughs> yes, I, I can't I can't tell you. I remember because I like you. It was the I was I got into music when I was really little, mm. and it was because I loved to sing. It was yeah. just something that I loved to do, and that I was a nerdy choir kid, a nerdy yeah. like it was not. It was definitely not in the wheelhouse of like getting sex. Like that was yeah. not a piece of that environment. And I'm certainly not, I'm not saying that that's everyone's story. Obviously like there's room for every, every approach to music, obviously. But I think that when we think about sex, drugs, and rock and roll as this like myth, mythology, especially in like the seventies or something. Mm -hmm. 80s hardcore. Yeah, Yeah. That it's related to that idea that men are like, well, I'll be more sexually appealing if Mm -hmm. I'm in a band. And there's something to that of Even for me, of of being on stage, being powerful, being passionate, doing what you love to do. And Mm. if you do it well, that's obviously going to be appealing to some people in the audience. Yeah, it it almost like creates an ether around you. And I'm not going to say that I have not been attracted to my fair share of musicians. I have a thing for drummers. My husband (laughs) to this day loves to give me shit about that. (laughs) I've been in love with Don Henley since I was a little girl. (laughs) Because I always thought it was fascinating that someone with such a beautiful voice could also do that too. I'm like, I can't. (laughs) I'm like, that's, how does your brain do that? But (laughs) I think you're you're bringing up something important. It does kind of create like maybe mystique is the right word. Like I remember, and I'm going to use the term dudes generally. There were definitely several dudes that I grew up with that learned one song on the guitar. <laughs> right. One. That was their and party I, and, trick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was usually John Mayer related. Ugh. I react the same. Why? I, okay, we could be here all day about that. Um, but... but I even think about like sometimes the the I like movies, songs. And so like I was thinking as I was right before we jumped on the microphone, like what we've all probably got a drug related song or a sex related song that we love. When I thought about the like my one of my favorite drug related songs, Eric Clapton's Cocaine came up like that. I mean, it's a classic. It's Woo! a classic. So so and good. and it's just got that little fun, catching, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. that just... syncopation. Oh, you're just in. Yeah. She don't lie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, that's my go-to as well. But I think that the funny thing is that there's probably a ton of songs about drugs or sex, and we don't necessarily know that they are. Yeah. And just because we haven't just sat down and read the lyrics or something. And sometimes you just don't mm-hmm. think about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that by saying that cocaine is also my favorite drug related song, it's probably not. It's just the one that's most obvious because he's literally (laughs) saying cocaine over and over again. So I like that one. I mean, I, it's funny. I like, I just think Pearl Necklace is really funny by ZZ Top. I mean, it's just the stuff, the stuff that that ZZ Top wrote, I think is just really, they were barely trying to veil (laughs) what they're talking about. Like just barely getting away with it enough to get it on radio, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. it's really interesting. But I really like, there's this uh, Baltimore rap artist called TT the Artist. Mm. And she's had songs on HBO's Insecure mm, show. Yes, yes. It's on Broad City and she's doing really well. She has really great stuff. But I was just listening to the song the other day because I listened to her album Art Royalty a lot when I go jogging. Mm. And she has this song that's like, 
Don't want no car. Don't want no date. Don't want no cash. I just want my pussy. Yay. Don't yeah. want no car. <laughs> Don't want date. And it's just so fun and funny. And oh, I, uh, I mean, WAP just came out. You know? <laughs> we just got WAP from Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. And that made that made a huge... People have made a huge stink about it, and I, I don't really understand it. I don't understand the big deal about right. it because little Kim is in existence in the world right. and has been doing this shit much longer. And I think it does have something to do with, like, kind of like going back to both your and I's story about how we came to music, period. It wasn't necessarily sexual in nature, our plans to be in music. But when women are overtly sexual in music, it seems to get more attention and a lot of times more negative attention. Yeah. I actually, I want to change my answer. My favorite Ooh, song about sex is, is Push It, Salt and Pepper. Oh, yes. Like 100%, actually. Like, like no, no <sighs> question. OGs. No question. It's funny. I've always been really jealous of musicians, artists, rappers that can write a song about sex and it's not cheesy. Mm-hmm. And basically, you know, I'm a sexual person and sex is fun. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that being in a feminist band, it's important to address sex. You know, there's some feminist angle, like I have my choices of how I could write about it, but I can't ever seem to just write a song about enjoying sex and it not be the cheesiest thing yeah. I write. And I just can't bring myself to like, take it seriously. <laughs> I try so hard, but it's like, I don't know if it's like the medium like just the style of music, yeah. it's just not going to work. But yeah, an angry feminist band can't also just be like, woo, sex, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's gotta, it's gotta have some element of darkness or anger <laughs> related. And so it's like, it's just different, but I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous that other people can do it <laughs> and I can't yeah, but, seem to do it. Well, and I think of like the, I think of the Ani DeFranco's of the world. And I think of the, I think of Carol King. And I think of some of these folk artists who were able to maybe in veiled ways talk about sexuality mm. and pleasure in ways that we would not have gotten to hear, but also having to be more covert in their message. And again, oftentimes when we as women are more overt in our sexuality or overt in our pleasure or being pleasure seeking, we get smacked down for it. Let's be real. That's some fucking bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. We can like and enjoy sex too. I do think of the people who also challenge gender norms early in their careers. Mm -hmm. I think of Prince in particular. I Little Red Corvette will forever probably be one of my favorite sex-related songs. See, I don't even think that I knew that. Really? <laughs> How ridiculous <laughs> is that? Because I'm I'm all about Darling Nikki. Oh, it's like, so good too, though. Yeah, maybe I'm just not taking that next step to listen to the other layers. <laughs> but, mm. but I'm just like, okay, song about a Corvette, who cares? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Give me Darling Nikki any day. Like, maybe that's the thing. I'm more into like the overt stuff and mm. and it doesn't translate as well to War on Women unless I'm, I don't know. I, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast. I do have a song about the gender orgasm gap. Mm -hmm. But it, and it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek, sarcastic song, but also about like, what about me? What about my pleasure? What about like, why are we always focused on him? What about me? Kind of thing. I want to ask why you focused on that song, but I understand why you would write that song. So, like, talk a little bit about the creation of that song. Well, it's a true story, actually. 
It's anyone can go listen to the song. It's called Pleasure and the Beast. It's on our album Capture the Flag that came out a couple years ago. I'll put it all in the show notes. Folks. <laughs> Thank you. Easy. And this is the actual story of a you know one of my first real boyfriends that I had for a long time in high school. And it's just, you know, it's something that like at some point I realized looking back that it was not a great relationship Mm -hmm. and not necessarily in like really damaging or super abusive or anything like that. I do give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt being that we were both young Mm -hmm. and we're both imperfect and we both have room to grow and I don't harbor any ill will. But I think actually, yes, it was a little verbally abusive. Like he, mm-hmm. <laughs> he would he would sort of like talk down to me sometimes or just be really, really critical of mm-hmm. why are you wearing that? Why are we going there? Do we have to? And and mm-hmm. you know, at that time, like I was in a band really young. Like I started playing shows at 14. And you That's know, he'd now. be kind of sulking in the corner, waiting around, waiting for me to be done talking to everyone. Instead of just enjoy being at a show too and having his own friends and talking to everyone. And so it's like, if I didn't get out sooner, it could have gotten a lot worse. But I also think that maybe he got better Mm -hmm. kind of afterwards. Anyway, who knows? We'll see. Someday he'll find me on Facebook and we'll... (laughs) you'll have a cathartic conversation or not not if he knows this song is about him so so this song is just about how kind of the madonna horror complex Mm. of like if i actually want to engage in any sexual activity then all of a sudden it's like not as fun for him Mm. he's not really as turned on because i want it and you know so he really he actually like pushed me away like I was trying to reciprocate some stuff and he, he was like, oh, I can't, this is not, it wasn't working for him anymore. Cause mm-hmm. that's what I wanted. I, cause I want to be a good girlfriend, right? You do mm-hmm. me, I do you kind of thing. But uh, yeah, he wasn't having it. So there's that. And then also just kind of not knowing, not being in, like when you're not encouraged to explore your body, to understand it, really not even not encouraged, you're discouraged. Oh, yeah. And and pleasure is off the table for teaching altogether for yeah. most humans across the board. Yeah. But but especially people with vulvas, you know? Yes. And so like for people with penises, it's like just understood. It's normal. Yes, of course, they're going to touch themselves. Of course, they're going to figure their stuff out and just don't let us see it if you don't mind. But of course, you're doing it. And I understand that they have their own issues with like, when are you secretive? What when can you talk about this? Like, I get they have their own struggles, but like how mine relates to theirs is like, it's not even a thing that was normal enough to joke about in movies. Mm-hmm. It's not, it, no one ever talked about it. It was totally just off the table as an option. Mm-hmm. And so coming into masturbation later, certainly later than most men, mm-hmm. later than people with penises yeah. um, as well, but just coming into masturbation late, not really knowing myself, not really knowing what feels good. I'm sort of relying on the men I was dating mm. when I was younger to give me my pleasure. Yeah. As if they would know what to do. If I don't know, why would they know? So it's like I'm resentful that I've had to make up for lost time all these years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm often, I can, to be completely honest, like I'm often telling my clients it's, it's kind of a setup. For mm-hmm. at least for in a very real way for people with vulvas and people with penises that 
people with penises are supposed to always be ready to go and understand their sexuality completely. Right. Which is not fair. It's not fair and most of the time completely untrue. Yeah. The other, and people with vulvas are supposed to remain pure and sacred and not touch that yucky thing down there. That like that. So it's like this setup. How are you supposed to find pleasure between the two of you if neither one of you have any understanding of what that might mean? And that's the best case scenario. How are you supposed (laughs) to find a relationship that isn't toxic? When you don't know anything about your body and you're relying on someone else to tell you what to think about your body. How are you supposed to have a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. if if you're not in that, if you don't think of yourself as healthy and normal? Absolutely. So we, in the first episode we did together, we talked a little bit afterwards about the role of boredom in sex and drugs for musicians, maybe on the road and maybe on the road or when you're having to do a ton of shows. What do you think the, that role is that boredom plays? Well, I think for anyone that doesn't, you know, hasn't been in a touring band, like, I think that they might not realize how many times you're spending, how much time you're spending being bored. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much time between the actual show itself and the next show. And mm-hmm. like, lo- you load in, you play the show, you load out, and the rest of the time, you're sitting in a van mm. or you could be trying to go to sleep or you're hanging out before or after the show, just waiting to go on. Like, like it's so weird how much time you have, but how like structured your day has to be. Like you mm. have to actually, because it's so like nebulous, you have to remember to eat, you uh. know, it's like, oh yeah, I guess I should eat dinner before we go on. Oh, but not too soon. Cause then I'll throw up on stage, and, <laughs> but I can't wait or else I'll pass out. And so like, I think you're actually constantly trying to address really basic needs mm. and balancing some really basic needs of eating, eating the right stuff, eating at the right time, sleeping, get enough sleep, being healthy, drinking enough water, even though like no one wants to pull over the van so everyone can go to the bathroom because it wastes time and you might be <laughs> late, but you have to go to the bathroom. So like, how much water should I drink? And yeah, so you're just like balancing this really basic stuff all the time. And so then in these moments where you're like, okay, now I'm not doing anything. Like, you're not going to read a book. You're not going <laughs> to get your doctorate. <laughs> like, there's nothing you you can't start a big project because because all of a sudden, oh, can you go to merch and help out? Or oh, it's time to load out. Like, it's so much hurry up and wait. Mm. And so I just think that you get to this point where if you're addressing basic needs, like I think sex is a basic need. Yeah, you need it sometimes, right? You don't need it every day, all the time, when no one's around to help out, or you just don't feel like it. Like that's fine, but. But you're going to need it on a two-week tour, on a month-long tour, a three-month-long tour. You're going to need a release at some point. And so I think it makes perfect sense that, like, yeah, at some point you're going to seek out a way to have an orgasm. Mm. (laughs) Because you've you've done, I've eaten today, I've had enough water, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, what else can I do? I've been around these other smelly humans. Yeah, what else can I do? And, you know, especially when you're trying to be respectful to the rest of your band and, Mm. and it's not like you can... You know, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody. But, you know, in my experience with all the bands I've been, all the touring I've done, I'm not speaking just for myself, but things I've seen. But like you're being respectful to the rest of your band, which means that you're not necessarily hooking up with a stranger every single night. Mm. Because eventually your band is like, where are you? You're late. 
you know, it's like causes logistical problems, mm-hmm. frankly, to be doing that every night of just like, yeah, you can't help but merch if you're, if you're in the bathroom. Exactly. Exactly. So you can't mm-hmm. do that every night and you can't masturbate like all the time every day because like other people need to get in the shower mm-hmm. or there's other people in the car with you. Like they can see you. Mm-hmm. So just when you find this time, if there's a perfect time where no one's around and you're not going to bother anyone and no one's waiting on you, then you take advantage of it because you're your sexual interest has like just been building up really, Mm. especially if there are people in the audience telling you like, Oh, you're so amazing. And (laughs) (laughs) and all of the ego strokes. Yeah. All the the ego strokes for sure. I would say in in this band war on women, I think people are more intimidated by me than they really should be just Mm. because of the nature of the band being political and being aggressive. And so I think in previous bands, I've, I've gotten maybe more like sexual attention or come ons or whatever than I do in this band. Interesting. Which I'm, I'm fine with that. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like, that's fine. I don't care. I have a long-term partner, so it's like not a big deal. But sometimes I can tell like someone probably thinks I'm hot and they just don't want to, they don't want to piss me off. Cause like, I'll call them out and I'll slap them in the face and I'll, I'll be like, (laughs) this person's harassing me. You know, like, like they're just really scared that I'm like, full-on angry feminist killjoy 100% of the time. You're like, and, no, I'm, I'm a human who, yeah, but who, I'm a human being. who has varied interests. <laughs> and, and like I, while obviously I care about harassment and ending it and interrupting it, I'm very attuned to all the nuances of human interaction. Mm-hmm. And like if someone's giving me a compliment and it's coming from a nice place and they're not trying to take my power away and mm-hmm. they're not trying to make me feel bad, like I can tell the difference between a compliment or flirting and harassment. And I think that there is a lot of men that are like, I'm not even going to risk it, (laughs) (laughs) which good on them, you know, like for them, that's great. If you (laughs) you do not understand the nuance yourself, then maybe yes. And take a step to the side. Yeah. That's the best advice I could give. (laughs) (laughs) So like, you just kind of answered my next question about because I think many people do imagine the Nikki Sixes of the world, right? right. Like they imagine fear and loathing in Las Vegas. They right. imagine the the craziness. That works. Like that's happening on levels where people are making a lot of money. Yeah. Or they don't care about being kind to their bandmates. Mm. Hey, quick break from the action. Sorry for interrupting y'all, but it's important to acknowledge that life has become seriously difficult for many of you these days. With the world feeling chaotic, I mean, I don't know about you, but a pandemic sure did it for me. So many big feelings about all of it and the state of our world. It's impacted our daily lives. It's hindered us from planning and interrupted our mental and sexual health. I just want to take a minute to remind you that I'm not just a sex nerd. I'm a mental health therapist and I have a team of other like-minded badass therapists that are able to help you out. All my therapists are experienced and have been trained around sexuality along with direct consultation with me if they need it. My mental health practice is completely online so you can stay your butt at home and you don't have to park anywhere. It's really great that way. (laughs) With the lighter restrictions because of the pandemic, We're able to serve more people all over the United States and expats living all over the world and immigrants from all over the world. Just head to mentalandsexualhealth.com and sign up for a free consultation. I'm adding more highly trained therapists regularly, all comfortable with talking about sex. Again, 
That's mentalandsexualhealth.com. Okay, let's get you back to the show. Which some bands don't. Some people don't. It's just be, for them, for some people, being in a band is just like, I do whatever I want, whenever I want. And like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm late to bus call. It doesn't matter if, if you're looking for me and I was gone and, and I was supposed to help load out and I didn't, you know, like some bands just mm. operate like that. Some people just operate like that. And so that is a place where that makes sense. Or if you have enough money, you have someone else driving, you have someone else doing merch. You, all you need to know is like bus calls at 3 a.m., which is not the same thing as when you're on tour in a van like me. Mm-hmm. Where like we all pack in the van as soon as we're done loading out and start driving because we drive ourselves to the next show. We got to get there and sleep. And right. that can be very difficult sometimes. But in a bus, you're driving overnight. So you're sleeping on the bus and someone else is driving. And so the bus call will be like 3 a.m. or something, 4 a.m. And so you know you have that long. And as long as you're there when it leaves, then it doesn't matter what you're doing because you're not responsible for any other part of being on tour than than playing the show. It sounds like the with money, sometimes responsibilities are removed. Yeah, that's what money does. Maybe not in the best way. Yeah. It sounds like maybe. But I do want to make sure that we touch on maybe a favorite road story, if you're willing to share, of course, that maybe involves some sex and drugs <laughs> or maybe that you saw and that will will hmm. keep the, the people anonymous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if my band will listen to this, but so I've been in a lot of bands and I've been on a lot of tours. And so I will not say when this was mm. or who it was with or or anything like mm. that. And so everyone can assume it was with another band if they want. Mm. Everyone I've ever played with can assume it's with another band. But I've definitely had to take care of things myself in the backseat of a van. Uh, oh, fair. Just real quick. Just just knock it out. It's like when it's been weeks mm-hmm. and it seems like everywhere I turn, there's exciting images or something or like exciting people or... Or your partner sends you nudes. <laughs> <laughs> something. Yeah. Like there's always something. And so, yeah, if I'm ready, <laughs> it doesn't take very long. Fair. Um, and it's not very... Um, invasive or anything so it's just real quick (laughs) Quick, quick, I I mean and I think many of us have like the story of being a teenager and covertly masturbating somewhere yeah and realizing you might get caught yes and that's also part of the story too yeah a little bit of risk involved there absolutely absolutely You're in vans, you're in tight spots, bathrooms sometimes. Any position suggestions? (laughs) Most of the time that I've actually been able to have sex while touring, it's been like when I get to some sort of shelter for Mm. the night, whatever Mm -hmm. that might be, that looks a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's like people's floors. Sometimes it's a couch. (laughs) Sometimes it's a bed, a spare bedroom. Sometimes it's a hotel. Sometimes it's a hostel. Just depends on where you are in the world and whatever. But Mostly when I've been able to have sex on the road is th- we have a day off or there's some sort of break or we got to the shelter early and everyone else decides that they're going to go do something. They're mm. all going down to this bar. They're all going to take a walk or like, or whatever. And so it's only for me, I feel most comfortable when there's only like a solid hours or two block just so I, I have a buffer and I know for sure no one's going to be like, let me in. I got to take a bath. You know, <laughs> got a lot of, a little bit of time safety. 
yes. built in there. Yeah, yeah, because like while the idea of getting caught can sometimes be like, you know, make it feel urgent, mm-hmm. I actually just don't enjoy Mm. I wouldn't enjoy actually being caught. <laughs> like that's not Fair. my kink. So, so I don't actually want it to happen, but be like, oh no, but we might. Like that's fine. Just very light play on that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel like I, yeah, positions. It's it's difficult, right? I feel like the positions that work best, and and like say the ones we see in movies, like in some mm-hmm. restaurant bathroom or something, like they're basically the ones where like penetration and the guy gets off. Mm-hmm. And like, and when the woman is like, oh yeah, me too. I'm excited too, or whatever. Like, oh, noises. I'm like, there's no fucking way. There's yeah, no fucking way you're getting off minutes. in this position. Like, I'm sorry. I just mm-hmm. know that you're not statistically. Right. <laughs> and so I think a lot of times, like I have been lucky enough to be with my partner and sometimes it's just a favor for him. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, mm-hmm. here's something for you. Like, I, cause I know it's just not going to work out for me because it's just the position being on a sink or something. That's just not, it's not going to no. do it. I'm going to be uh, like, oh, a, this falls in my back. Against the wall, like in, in a shower, if you're lucky, like maybe, like depending on where you're having to stay, like that, I imagine like you would try to do what you could do, but there would be no guarantee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like, I have to sort of help who I'm with and then sort of help myself and the mm-hmm. end to keep it tight. Cause otherwise everything else I could do that's more like reciprocal or more equal would have to be in a horizontal position mm-hmm. <laughs> on a bed. And so like, it's just not going to work for me upright. It's just not. fair. <laughs> and I just know that about myself. And so it's like, I, I obviously don't have to say yes to this. No one's forcing me. It's just, just here. Here's a little favor I can do for you. There you go. <laughs> Just a little favor. And we made sure to bring the little pocket rocket for later. Yeah. If right. necessary. Which is all over Europe and Germany. Like and and like I'm thinking Germany specifically in the in the public bathrooms and gas stations and stuff. There's like little like pocket sleeves in the like coin dispensers. Yeah. There's all kinds America, of America, get it together. <laughs> Yeah. Why is this not everywhere? So anyone that tours Europe, if you haven't, I mean, I'm sure you've noticed that, but go, go for it. (laughs) Yeah. Come on Europe. Good job. Sex positivity. Yeah. I so appreciate your willingness to come on and everything that we talked about is going to be in the show notes and including, I'm going to definitely put in the TT, the artist, that art royalty. Yeah. Oh, it's a very fun album. Good to jog too. So now you've got my, my recommendation. Anything coming up for you all? I know COVID has put a damper on all the things live. I know, but I know people are getting creative out there and like doing outdoor things and doing. Yeah, right. People are doing their best. What's going on for you? Well, I am not feeling that creative. I am one of those people in this pandemic where it has the stress of the pandemic and and finding work and retaining work and just trying to survive. It's really zapped my creativity. Mm. And it's really zapped my just motivation, Mm. just in general. I am there with you. I am there with you. There was a reason this podcast has been on. (laughs) Yeah, right. So Mm. like, I'm, I'm totally, you know, my head's above water when it comes to like depression or or anything too major. There's not too much I have to manage mentally. It's more like I just have to accept maybe I'm not my normal self when it comes to being creative or, or things like that. Right. And so if I can accept that, then that gets rid of the stress of it and I can go with the mm-hmm. flow. And so that's sort of what I'm trying to practice and, and, and be mindful of. 
Do y'all hear that? Shauna just gave you the biggest piece of what you can do to yourself. It has a lot to do with how our brain is trying to handle this big ass thing. Yeah. Like we're built to be able to handle this temporarily, temporarily. not chronically. Yeah. And especially not in a society that mm-hmm. places our value as humans, connects it to how productive we are for capitalism. Yes. So the fact that we're not churning out products, you know, yep. or making money for the man like mm-hmm. every single day, that doesn't mean that we're worthless. And so we're, we're counteracting like kind of our own natural reactions, our mm-hmm. normal reactions to an abnormal event, yes. as well as just like trying to shed some of society's messaging about yes. our worth. And it's just, and so it's complicated. And so, yeah, it's just about like trying your best to let go of that stuff and just accept like, yeah, I'm just not my normal self these days. And that's fine. As long as I'm taking care of myself and doing mm. what needs to get done and the laundry can wait till tomorrow and I don't have to write any songs right now and, you know, stuff like that. But the good thing is, so the good news is before the pandemic hit, War on Women was already recording a new record. So yeah. there's actually new music coming out really, 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 really soon. Woo. And it doesn't announce officially until next week Woo-hoo! and so i i, I kind of can't i still kind of can't tell you the exact oh, date <laughs> you're good you're good this is we are in knee deep in we just got to september this will air mm, december ish so by the time december oh okay by the time, oh then it's out baby it's out yeah everybody <laughs> will have heard it and enjoyed it and i will uh go back and put it in no i'll put it in the show notes when it comes out yeah. And, okay. Uh, well, then the album is called Wonderful Hell. Wonderful. It's on Hell. Bridge Nine that. Records. You can get it from Bridge Nine, mm. and we've got merch up there too. B Nine Store dot com. Mm-hmm. And we're really, really proud of this record, and really feel like it's necessary. You know, we're recording this before the election, and Whew. my it was imperative to me that we release this album before the election. And so yes. while I'm talking to you, not knowing. Who wins? Either way, out here. <laughs> yeah, either way, there's work to do. Yes, there's work to do, and it sucks mm-hmm. that we're in this position, and we can feel resentful about it. Yep. But we still have to do the work, Absolutely. and so that's kind of what this album is is about. Of just me giving myself the advice of like, okay, you had your big sad, get back to it. Mm. So hopefully, this is um inspiring to other people to do that or just at least you can sing along and get out some of your anger i'm ready because that's that's what i use the band for Mm -hmm. so you can Mm -hmm. do too (laughs) thank you thank you again and again everything's in the show notes folks stay tuned for that music i i am going to be buying my merch happily wearing it and (laughs) screaming my head off to the album when it comes out shauna you are a joy thank you so much and thank you folks thanks for sticking around to the end and we'll see you next time